Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. This is Tea Time. Uh, joined, joining me today is, as usual, is Dan, and I am one of your hosts, Mock Deep. Um, in, we're going to talk today about the approaches when starting or when looking to start TRT and, and the kind of approaches you can take to address some of those um, deficiencies on on our wider journey in terms of looking at the relationship between the hormone system and general well-being uh as usual like we do normally we'll start off with an update as to where i am and where dan is um and, and kind of any interesting updates we've noticed uh starting with myself um I, you know i made a bit of an error in terms of some of the um support uh, supplements I've been taking for vitamin B9, serum folate, whatever you want to refer to that as. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, I, I made a bit of a, an error in terms of the amount or the strength of the dose. Um, I was taking a fairly standard over-the-counter dose and what I needed was five milligrams. Uh, and when you do a bit of looking around for five milligrams, you won't find that as plentiful as you will, um, you know, the, any, any kind of the over-the-counter kind of typical doses, should I say. So I uh, have started, well, I've restarted my tracking as of the 12th of this month. The intention is to do the bloods from six weeks from now because the one thing that I suppose wasn't correcting, it might throw things off a little bit. I'm debating whether or not to double up or, or, or to do, you know, what, what to do in that respect. But um, uh, and, and other things I'm entering week four of six of the vitamin D3 up. D3 re-up um that that's been interesting seeing some positive results from that for the most part um we're, we're going to keep a quite close eye on that and see see what happens going forward but I'm, I'm keeping notes in terms of you know the the kind of things I'm noticing and we'll, we'll kind of correlate that and see if that stands up in some of the some of the literature out there um I'm also working with an online coach now to commence a fairly robust strength training program for the next three months uh that is to essentially throw everything I can at this and really see if it helps improve um, the, the kind of natural state of my, my hormone levels and, and, and see what, what happens there. And hypothetically, I absolutely should do. Uh, what I'm going to do now is talk over to Dan, who's going to talk you through some of his updates this week, and then we're going to get into the rest of the show. Yeah, so as we discussed last week, um, I went for my bloods during the week. And they were taken and I did receive my results back last Friday. They were very positive um, across the board in all hormones. So take all my testosterone, the sexual hormones, thyroid, vitamins, everything's come back within within level against the NHS. Um, as we discussed previously, it might, might not be optimal for all, but it's a massive improvement and they're going in the right direction. I mean, for example, my testosterone came back in 17.4 nmol, um, while last year was 12.9 pre-treatment of TRT in 2017 was 11.4. Um, so it is 50% higher than any other time that I've, since I've been tracking um, uh, an actual NMOL level. So it's a positive it's a positive step, and that's across all as well. So SHBG is better, estrogen, everything seems to be closer to the average level of what the NHS would say. Um, obviously, I've been losing weight, living a healthier lifestyle, I'm probably about two, three months away now from being at the optimal weight for my height and the weight I'd want to maintain. Uh, yeah, the weight I'd want to maintain. And also discussed on the last podcast, I'm actually in the process of coming off sertraline, um, hopefully permanently, um, over the next four to six weeks. So what the plan is, I will 
do that for four to six weeks, continue with the life I'm living. Once I'm off sertraline for two weeks, I will then get my bloods taken again, um, see where we're at. And then again, I'll get them taken um, probably January March, January to March when I get to the weight I want to maintain. Um, and again, that'll, that'll then give me a full view of um, my bloods from pre-treatment, during treatment, post-treatment, one year, two year, and then being at the optimal kind of like health in terms of vitamins, exercise, everything. So that'll give give me a full view of where I'm going to go from there if my if the results are the actual uh, blood still aren't right. And I probably will either way seek advice from a third party um, GP um, to see what what can be done or where he think what he thinks I need to do. Um, and to be honest, when I get to that. Uh, three month period of where everything everything's in line i'll probably have my blood's taken three times over a month period to see what the averages are because obviously you can have fluctuating results on what's happened the previous night etc etc um i'm an advocate for having two or three blood tests over a short period of time to then see where you're at over that time period rather than just one and say oh that must be really low because the next day could be 20 percent higher 30 percent higher i think then there's need to be um an in-depth blood analysis across probably across two or three results over a short period of time yeah that makes a, that makes a lot of sense uh we we, we had a conversation obviously uh, off off sort of you know the the kind of the pre-discussion i think last week when you got your results in initially um do you want to talk about your free test results as well because i found that quite interesting versus your actual test results your you know that what you had in terms of your free test do you remember the figure roughly uh so the free test um this time was about 0.4 Mm. Um, which is the highest it's ever been. So pre-treatment, I was at 0.25. Yeah. Even during treatment, at some points, I was at 0.3. Did go up to 1.4 at one point. Yeah. Um, but last year was 0.34. So, I mean, I'm seeing improvements across the board. Yeah, and free free test is very interesting because I think that's a direct result of the changes you've made in terms of your, your health, right? Because we, we've, we've mentioned it before, but it's worth touching on again that, you know, fat... Uh, cells do absorb testosterone in the in the in the body right so you know uh, reaching that kind of optimum level of you know that that balance between fat muscle in your physique will give your system you know well based on current thinking and research the the most optimum kind of performance right yeah um and that's what usually so when i spoke to the clinic in the us which i've mentioned before the first thing they did was calculate my free test it wasn't they didn't even really look at testosterone Obviously, they looked at it, but that was the first thing they did and said, "Look, you calculated this. You've come back low. Um, that's what we'd. That's what we treat you on, just on that figure. So that's what they're looking for. So that says a lot about um, the actual effects of the free testosterone rather than just the initial testosterone figure. Because all that, yeah. all that, that might maybe low. Yes, HB, SHBG maybe higher, and that gives you more free tests." Yeah, so. because given your age bracket and stuff, I mean, I pinged you obviously that that kind of chart, which in, it has indi- indicative values of what you know optimal values may look like. I mean, your current like so your test is on the low side of that for now, right? Mm-hmm. But what I found interesting was that your free test is is close, very close to the, what they considered the optimal number for your for your age bracket, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, that that's what's interesting. That's why that's why I'm keeping an eye on it from now because obviously I said to you, if this came back law, which it's not really, we would need to be in the probably the 20, 20 mLs to, for me to be like, oh, that's optimal for my age, yeah. um, something to work with. Um, but yeah, my free test is pretty healthy. So, I mean, for me now, it's everything's going in the right direction for me to then go and seek tr- treatment now wouldn't be the right call. Um, I'm seeing improvements mentally, physically, um, and obviously in the in the numbers as well. 
So I think for me now, it's just it's continuing with what I'm doing, continue tracking uh, and learning more. Out of curiosity, though, if you were to compare your physique now with where you're at versus when you originally started treatment, how different would you say they are? Um, you mean treatment when I had it three years ago? Yeah, like in terms of your actual, you know, in terms of your health and your weight and you know, like how much body fat you feel you were carrying. So versus yeah. when you started treatment versus when you've been on now. You know? Yeah, so when I started treatment, probably very similar, to be honest. I probably got a little bit less now because I've been obviously training much better and being where I want to be. But one thing I have noticed, I am of, whether it's mental for me or whether it's true or not, I'm of the opinion that doing that TRT for that uh four or five month period of time may have rebooted my system a little bit because I was struggling in the gym, like to gain muscle um, and strength. And ever since I've done that, it's been a lot, lot easier. Um, it's certainly interesting. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I actually kind of agree with that thinking, but again, we're not professionals. We're yeah, not, it's we're just, not scientists, you know? Yeah. That is just how I feel like physically um, since then I seem to have, be able to just literally just be stronger and just maintain muscle more and get a shape easier like now i'm a no not nowhere ripped but i can see already feel like the strength coming in certain areas and mm. i think it'd be a lot easier for me to cut down which it is i'm losing weight and feeling better it's just I'm, I'm, it could be mental it could just be of my age it could be anything but i do have that feeling that it kind of rebooted my system a little bit and reading online other people have said the similar thing like you probably heard online that say once you've taken testosterone that you'll never lose certain things that you gain from it. Mm. I think that's probably true to an extent, whether it's mental or actual physical. It, it is interesting. It's something I'm, I'm going to kind of jot down and maybe have a look into uh, the idea of maybe like, well, you know, going on to like TRT for a, a period of time to kind of treat uh, things, whether that's hypogonadism or anything like that. But yeah, you know, and I think it, it may not have been the TRT itself. It may be the, the the HCG I took with it. So I don't think I've actually mentioned it before, but I was taking HCG right. um, at the same time, which is what they want you to take if you want to have children, pretty much. So you can, we obviously, I was on Sustanon, um, which then shuts down your natural testosterone, which thing then causes issues with if you want to get have a child in future. But you can um, use HCG as well. Um, and that will keep your test normal testosterone running to a certain extent as well. Yeah. Um, so I was on that as well. And sometimes they do give that as kind of um, a monotherapy before TRT to right. see if that improves you naturally because that can reboot your system, I've heard. And that, yeah. that's what I was told by it. That's not just me saying that. That's what I was told by a third party is that sometimes they'll put you on HCG for two, three months first to see if you have any improvements. Um, so for me, that's that probably part of it as well because going on trt and then coming off it's never a good idea because you're shutting yourself down starting yeah. yourself up i mean common sense pretty much says that if you're doing that to your body then the chances are you're going to lose something rather than gain something but i think hcg the fact that it never fully shuts your system down may be part of it it certainly is an interesting thing. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's something worth exploring. But there is also another use of HCG worth mentioning as well, which is uh, when you go on testosterone, your normal production will shut down, which will result, unless you're using something like HCG, will result in shrinkage of your balls, right? Let's just put it out there bluntly, right? Uh, you know, because your body doesn't need to produce it. So the things which are responsible for producing it or, or play a key part in that, you know, will, will shrink. To some people, it's a bit of a, you know, an, an issue to others not so much but another thing hcg can be used for um you know it, obviously main reason is to make sure that you're fertile um but also you know because it kind of ensures that your body's still producing what it needs to it keeps you know a more fuller keeps it keeps those uh, aspects of your body more fuller because they're still in play yeah 
HCG itself is a very interesting read online for anyone that wants to look into it. Um, in the UK, it's given out sparingly. Um, but if you look into some of the other European countries, you can actually buy it online. I'm not saying you should, but the way that the actual health services in each country deal with HCG um, and what's actually in it, because it's only it's, it's a very simple uh, chemical as far as I'm aware, hmm. is actually it's quite freely available. Now, I'm not saying you should take it or anything. Obviously, you do your research, speak to your GP, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But even, so what, what I did, so when I came off TRT as well, um, I went to another private endocrinologist and said if the, the guy that asked said oh, i want you to come off it i said the only way you're going to get me to come off it is if you if you prescribe me um hcg for the next five months right um, to re restart my system which he did yeah. yeah um so that's something that i did as well to come off it i think to give the full picture is that when i came off trt i didn't just stop i actually took hcg for i think it was over a three-month period right uh, at, at larger doses yeah. um to kind of like reboot the system and in terms of how you felt, if you can recall the kind of, did it make that transition easier than maybe some of the stories you've read online or, or you know? 100%. The stories I had on, read online and the horror stories are when you're coming off TRT. Mm. Um, people like get temporary depression just because of the drop in hormones. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any of that really. Um, it okay. was quite easy coming off. Um, and then obviously post-treatment, um, five weeks off, I had my blood stone. I came back at 3.5 nmol. Right. Um, so that's extremely low. And my free calc was 0 0.09. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so everything was kind of a bit messed up there. And yeah. I came back at plus eight weeks off. My testosterone was at 8.9, but then my mm. free was at 0 0.27, which is quite a big jump. Yeah, that's a good job. Um, so, I mean, there was signs of recovery. At five weeks off, I still would have been on the HCG, so there were definitely signs of recovery. And even with HCG throughout, it was slow, but I didn't, I didn't mentally feel the negative effects of it, if I'm honest. Okay, okay. I mean, that that's certainly very useful to, to, to be aware of, you know. Um, and, and, yeah, I think it's something we're going to have to explore a little bit further, I think, because it's just like I said to you, when your results came back, obviously I was very happy for you, but I was just part of me. I was, I was just fascinated by, like, oh, I wonder how, how you could have gone from being arguably – younger and arguably in your sort of peak years right to you know having a weaker system than what you do now now that you're slightly you know a few years on right yeah definitely and i think like health wise 100 percent better like then i was probably another two three stone overweight probably i just when i had the anxiety issue so i do have a thing that anxiety plays a they probably have, they probably push each other in either way. A lot of testosterone gives you anxiety. Low anxiety, giving anxiety probably gives you low testosterone by mentally just being down. There's probably a bit of both there. Um, so I think I'm in a much better place now. Obviously, I'm, I'm keeping improving. I'm probably two three months away from my optimal body weight where I'd be able to maintain. Um, and yeah, I think the position I'm at now is a positive. Um, I'm still going to obviously track when I come off surgery in the next. So that's probably just before Christmas. I'll probably have another blood test done. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do it again when I get to my target weight of where I want to maintain for for the my life pretty much. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that's really useful to know. And I mean, yeah, like you're saying about anxiety and stuff, because obviously I think there's the cortisol plays a, a key role in the hormone system as well, isn't it? Because it's the stress hormone and that can obviously have its impact as well. And, um, you know, in terms of those guys who are like bodybuilders trying to get the six pack, I, I used to, I, I may be wrong in this. I think cortisol plays a part in whether or not that actually shows, right? Yeah, it does. And I always had my cortisol done and yeah. pre-treatment, it was very low. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then post treatment when I had it when I was after about five to eight weeks off, it was double what it was previous. Mm. Um, so I always thought I was getting stressed at the time with the anxiety and things like that. I thought that was a trigger, but the cortisol levels never really 
showed that, but my GP did say that it doesn't always correlate for how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah there's, there's many different indications and indicators on stress and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, although obviously it can, um, it can be a, a marker for it. Mine never really came up. Okay. I mean, that's, again, very useful, and I'm sure people out there listening will find it of use, right? Um, so... Uh, since we kind of touched on the subject of like the alternatives to TRT, it might be worth exploring that before we we, we delve further into it, right? Um, you know, there is the HCG which you mentioned, but there's also Clomid, right? Do you know? Can you explain more about that? I have to admit, I'm, I'm very ignorant of it because I'm. Yeah, so I know a little bit about this. So that I was actually on Clomid while I is it Clomid? I need to be careful here. Yeah, so the, the Clomid, I'm not 100% what it does. We need, we'll probably need to go on a little bit more in another episode. Mm. Um, but this isn't something I believe that the NHS do. This is something that's widely used online, um, where all it literally does, as far as I'm aware, Clomid literally suppresses estrogen. Um, so obviously when you get testosterone, some, um, some of that testosterone will then go into estrogen. So what it does is it inhibits estrogen production. So this by by blocking estrogen production, the theory is that it will raise testosterone, which from all the studies that I've read online, it does. But how that then how that then translates to free testosterone is not one hundred percent like available information. No one really knows. I again it's all anecdotal. The NHS yeah. and even in the US from what I've seen, they don't they don't prescribe it. It's just something that people seem to do online. Um so yeah, and I mean they put you on Clomid as well. So I was on Clomid right. uh, from my GP when so obviously when you're on testosterone, TRT, the levels that you are taking are usually higher than what your body's producing at first. Now it shouldn't be, but when you're going onto it, they don't know how much your your body's actually producing on a day-to-day level. So if you have excessive testosterone, that yeah. will then be turned into estrogen. So they put you on a small level of Clomid, so that will then um, stop that from being bound to estrogen. So you're not going to get any of the side effects of um, estrogen in in, um, in men. But that is that is like a slippery slope because even we've said before that it's coming more like apparent that estrogen is like a key hormone for men as well. Obviously yeah. not too high, not too low, but to keep these levels in line, I mean, it's a it's a hard task. So I, I know that a lot of the third parties now, that the, the, what's changed since three years ago is that they want to get you on a level of testosterone inject, when you're injecting it that you don't have to take any blockers. So you only, it may take a little bit longer with your blood test to get it right, but they don't want you to be on any additional um, tablets in future. Well, in general, that's just the best thing like, to keep things simple, right? Why, why overcomplicate it? Because, you know, you don't know what happened when you're kind of mixing these things. Um, so I've just done a quick quick gander uh, at some of the things. And, and yes, there is some evidence to suggest because it's uh, Clomid is typically a female fertility treatment. Um, also used infertility treatment, should I be uh, more accurate in females? Um, but there is some trials that were conducted with men, and it was shown that if uh, if males were sort of in that hypogonadotropic or hypogonadism, it helped normalize the levels. But there's nothing conclusive. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's certainly worth interest. It's certainly very interesting to note. So we're talking about my levels and stuff. When I had my last blood test done, obviously my testosterone is low, my free test is low, 
Um, not outside of the normal thresholds, but they're pretty much borderline towards that bottom. However, when I was having my conversation with the specialist, one of the things he did note was that a lot of testosterone was being converted into estrogen. Uh, so, you know, like the normal range for estrogen, uh, I, in my, in my system, my estrogen was almost at the top of that particular peak. So a very interesting, uh, point, you know, that, that you've, you've raised and obviously I'm on, on a mission to kind of correct more fundamental kind of vitamin imbalances in the biochemistry system and things and, and work towards seeing where that takes me. But I'm, I'm just making a note for myself, uh, about that correlation and then maybe, uh, looking to explore that further at some point in the future. Um, as a speed through because there's a lot of other things out there as well and i know we're going to get into more detail about things that are in forums obviously it's not medical advice from us but it's what the population of people that are speaking about this um look at and have tried and things like that it's just interesting to know what what else is out there yeah and i think you know they, they, it is obviously worth stressing to people you know we the, the best uh kind of guidance out there is the one that's been um you know conducted as part of a, a, an actual trial which is then peer reviewed and, and, and verified right but at the same time it's always worth listening to people's real world experiences they might be able to talk you through what they did and they might be able to talk you through um what they felt uh, and but however understanding that relationship and why that might have occurred is probably best left to the experts and not even uh, i nor dan no matter what happens with us on our particular journey will necessarily be able to pick apart the why of, of these things case even for like the nhs in the uk especially there's not enough studies around this in general so we do like for example when i was saying about me feeling better when i came off um using hcg it could have been totally just me mentally feeling like that the actual clinical trials behind it or anything there just haven't been done yeah yeah agreed agreed right so Let's get to the the meat and potatoes. This will probably be a bit swifter than, than the kind of the uh, the build up, but um, you know, uh, quick refresh on on TRT. So we obviously know that the UK and the US have very fundamentally different approaches. Uh, however, in private practices here, through some of the clinics we've kind of had discussions with, um, you know, they they do adopt that kind of what what the latest research and what the latest thinking tends to lead them towards. Um, there was this kind of high level discussion about the value of you know the, the the different ways you can take TRT, whether that's via a gel, whether that's as a tablet, and whether or whether that's like a, an injection. Um, if you haven't already gathered from previous episodes, uh, injections are the most effective, uh, followed by gels and followed by tablets, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the different kind of things to look out for, I mean, is there anything that you, you would be um, keen to kind of mention to people, or is there anything you think they should be aware of? The first uh, personal experience and family experience, my granddad actually was given testosterone replacement um, about two years ago. Um, he had no symptoms. They just did a whole hormone test privately. Um, and he's he would have been 70 at the time. And they, they actually put him on um, gel. Um, he said he took it for two weeks and never touched it again and he's never felt anything from it. Yeah. Um, he said, literally, he said, when I was on it, I didn't feel anything different. I had no issues anyway. They just told me to start taking this gel. Mm. So that, that, that worries me a bit as well. There's no, he had no idea of what taking that gel and then stopping it would probably worsen his testosterone. Yeah. Um, so that for, for me, his experience of it, they give him the gel, didn't explain anything properly, um, and that was that. Now, under the NHS, like, I think if you're listening to this podcast and you've done the research to find this podcast, I think there's very small chance that any of you guys are ever going to touch the gel or the tablets or anything like that. You're here because you want to 
you want to know how to deal with it properly and simply. And that's probably going to be going through a third party or having a really good GP who knows his stuff and trying to get you on um, probably the um, sustenance which the NHS can give and third parties can give and or potentially in a B-door, which obviously is not optimal, but there is plenty of people out there that have are on the B-door and are absolutely fine. Um, so I think that for me, if I ever needed it, they'd be the only two options for me. I mean, the gel thing, when you use it, you've got to be really careful with it. You can't sleep lie with your partner for like an hour after rubbing it on. Go with the set. You've got to, sorry, you've got to move, change the position of where you're rubbing the gel on because it can irritate your skin. It soaks through your skin. Um, you've got to use special gloves to do it. You've got to do it every day. You've got to do, the, you're squeezing the dose into your hand. So they usually come in small bottles. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just not, yeah. It's not a lifestyle change that you're going to make. Um, it's quite interesting that they would rather have people go through all these different things because it can cause like bouts. Like the reason that you're saying that you're not supposed to have contact with your partner is because it could cause like random breakouts of like hair and stuff, right? Is that? Yeah. So the, because it's, it's gel and it does take up to 60 minutes to soak through your skin, it can transfer to other people within that time. Mm. Um, so when I was reading online, someone was like, oh, the easiest time to do it is put it on at night because then I go to sleep, it's soaked in, it's done. Yeah. I can't do that because I sleep next to my partner. Yeah. I put it on in the morning. It takes up to 60 minutes. It's going all over my claws. It's like there's no good time to put a gel over your body in a quite a large area to get, let it soak in over a 60-minute period. Um, it's not really a, it's not really a treatment that is for the masses. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, you you'd think that you know they're, 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 I'm sure that as it's sold and as it's pitched, our oh, gels like super convenient, and it's like the reality of it isn't. You know, versus teaching someone to maybe do their own intramuscular injection, um, which yeah, okay, is 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 a little bit different because they have to manage sharps and things. Um, but it's just an injection a week, assuming the worst case, right? If you're using something regular like sustenance, if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, correct. And we're the only country, really, that don't allow people to inject from home. Um, I know the US, you can do it. You're taught how to do it. Um, in Sweden, I've read, it's all allowed. They'll let you do it from home. Now, I know you can do it under the NHS, but I think it is probably down to the health service and their responsibility, to be totally mm. honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, something's going to have to change, in my opinion. I mean, it's not that hard to do. No. Um, I had a friend who lived up the road who was a nurse. I literally used to nip in there for two minutes a week and let her do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did do it myself a couple of times, but it wasn't too much of an issue. No, um, literally, yeah. But not all of us are going to have, uh, you know, someone we know who's, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can do it yourself. I mean, the hardest bit about doing it is that from reading online and the third party advice, the the optimal area to do it is in the buttocks, just above. Um, yeah. so it's a hard position to inject yourself in. Now you can do it at the top of your leg, which I've done. I've done it in my own arm, mm-hmm. um, intramuscular for all, obviously. Um, and yeah. I never had any issues. Um, and it's key to stress that right. Intramuscular as in don't inject it in your veins or any madness. Yeah. Like that, so right? yeah, no, you cannot inject into your veins. So the first thing you've got to do is just express the, um, syringe to make sure there's no blood in the syringe and then you inject it. Um, yeah, it's got to be in some short time. But saying that, it can be sub-Q as well. So that's how you take HCG. You actually grab the fat. You right. use, a, use a diabetic needle, and then you put the HCG into your fat. Now, you can do that with testosterone. Mm. Um, there is there is a lot of online where people prefer to do it that way. Um, yeah. Is there any reason why? I mean, because... You well, it's not, it's, you don't have to go as deep. You can do it yourself a lot easier. You can't use a um, diabetic needle because uh, testosterone is an oil. 
so it takes a lot longer to push through yeah um and i did do a little bit once and i will never do it again because it stung like a bitch yeah um I would, I would have thought if you're injecting it in the fat, the whole kind of conversation we've been having and the whole kind of thinking is that fat absorbs a lot of T's, uh, testosterone, right? Yeah, um, but it, it so it dissipated quite quickly when I did it. But in right. some cases, people will say, no, it leaves a little bubble and things like that. Like you can feel little hard bits in the fat, Oof. Um, which does go over time when it breaks down. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's in, into the muscle every time. There's a reason why every clinic does it in the muscle. Mm. Um, it's literally just it's a shortcut. Uh, yeah uh well, and also another reminder that sometimes with these injections uh that there is uh a, a, you know an allergy component like some of the oils are peanut based for example so if you have a peanut you know just do your research have those conversations be very open with your medical professional when you engage them and and tell them of any kind of allergies or concerns you might have about allergies whether that's historical in your own family or something just let them know yeah so i, I think it's sustenance that's actually peanut oil based um yeah, I've read that online previously as well. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, again, like it's not we're not going into like great details in terms of when to to do the starting and things. You know, in terms of that, I think you know we we kind of outlined in well in our earlier discussion as well as the previous episodes around the the kind of you know the our kind of thinking as to when we're looking to to you know re-engage or or go down this particular road as well as the advice of our you know um the the clinical professionals we've engaged as well you know so some of the conversations i've had with the professional where he's obviously redirected me to adjust other aspects of my health uh initially before we consider going down that road um so you know again it's another reminder in terms of one of the other key markers that when the time comes that you're kind of exploring whether you want to go down this road is as dan mentioned earlier the idea of having three sort of blood tests in quick succession to see what are that what is that kind of day-to-day result almost between those three tests yeah and 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 seeing that it's consistently low and that you're not having spikes so where i am personally with my own health i certainly notice spikes in behaviors um and and you know sometimes that's like in feeling sometimes that's physically there there are things and part of that's you know where it was going wrong before and and now it's being corrected and i'm noticing improvements and and part of it is just I think, like I say, it's just part of that system sort of, you know, sorting its sorting itself out or or, or adjusting things. Um, so it, it is very interesting. There are other components in that wider thing that need to be addressed. So if, for example, you have sort of type two diabetes, uh, testosterone can be a challenge. Um, you know, there are other health conditions such as being overweight. You know, which can have a challenge depending on the nature of what you are. I'm not talking about just like straight up BMI. I'm talking more like we've we've kind of discussed around body fat. So, you know, Dan Dan's close to his goal. I'm actually quite far from my goal. Um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a big dude. I'm like six foot three, uh, 130 kilos at the moment. Uh, my my kind of goal with working with my online coach, uh, we've kind of agreed in terms of body fat and things where we're, where we're looking to get down to. But in terms of like the mass, you know, we're looking at getting down to about 101 kilos. Uh, that's quite uh, quite a drop that needs to be made there. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing if it's, you know, when it's done or if, you know, uh, what that improvement kind of happens. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's about understanding what other sort of health red flags you might have so it's understanding that yes trt probably could correct it but you're better off correcting everything else first uh before going on it because uh, as dan alluded to in one of the previous episodes it is one of these undertakings which you should be done for a longer period of time at least 
with the way that we currently understand things there may be other research that comes out in the future there may be other bits of guidance around you know the use of say hcg in terms of restarting or you know getting your testosterone to where it needs to be um but i think you need to kind of adopt the, the, the that sort of approach uh any any anything to add from me this week okay so yeah a bit, a bit of a, an, an abrupt finish there but we we did uh you know we did go into quite a, a kind of detailed examination of some of dan's results and, and and i think it spurred on some interesting conversation so uh since dan said his goodbyes it's a goodbye from me this week and uh we will see you hopefully wow not too uh not too long away all right till next time take it easy guys <laughs>